Are you ready to make a real difference in the world and especially to the people around you? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast, where we celebrate the road less traveled in business, leadership, and life. We welcome you to another conversation that we believe will provide you with the insight and inspiration you need on your journey. Here's your host, Kevin Monroe. And once again, it's time for another installment of the Higher Purpose Podcast. This is episode 147. Thanks for joining me here today. Now, whenever it is that you are listening, I hope you're safe, well, and finding ways to flourish, even in the midst of these most unusual circumstances and most uncertain times that we find ourselves living in. Let me be honest. My hope is that you are trending more towards flourishing than floundering. And if I'm honest, and you know it's my aspiration to keep it real and to be honest, most days, recently, most days, I have moments of both floundering and flourishing. Truly, I do. I know some people don't believe it. They're just, you're always positive, Kevin. Yeah, I'm usually positive, but there are moments. There are moments. But I am trending more towards flourishing than floundering. So the trend is up and to the right towards floundering. So please don't think my days are trouble-free and carefree. I assure you they're not. But like you, I have hope. And I believe that getting through this is what we will do and we will be better together as a result. This is my first solo episode since the pandemic began. In every episode since the pandemic began, we've used the pandemic as a filter for what we've discussed. And we've had a couple of conversations that have gone deeper into that. Like last week, the one with Dr. Rick Rigsby, we focused our conversation on hope. Now, I've been noodling on some thoughts for weeks now since this began. Maybe some of those were even forming before then, but really took focus during these last several weeks. Now is the time to share these thoughts with you. And I do it all in hopes of inviting you into this conversation and conversations that follow. But, you know, before we jump into that conversation, let's take a moment. Let's ground our time together. Where? In the good soil of gratitude. So what is something you are grateful for in this moment? I do. I want you to pause and think about that. Ask it this way. What am I grateful for now? Here are a few things. I'm grateful for the beautiful spring weather we're enjoying right now. As I look out my window, it's just another beautiful day. Sun is shining. Everything is, uh, well, not everything is green. The grass is green. The trees are green. And then flowers blooming everywhere. We've had a beautiful run of days. Clear skies, mild temperatures. Gwen, my wife, and I spent a lot of time outside lately riding bikes, a day trip to our favorite spot in the mountain on Mother's Day last weekend, and then time around the fire pit and time with family. So I packed a lot of gratitude into that one. So let me give you a couple of others. I'm grateful for the gift of encouragement, both to be able to give encouragement to others and to receive it from others. I mean, just a few moments ago, I had a call from my friend, Jordan Mercedes. She just texted and said, hey, do you have a minute? And it was just a call of checking in, a call of touching base, a call of encouragement. I love that. 
And I love being able to be that bright spot to others. I'm grateful for family. Gwen and I celebrated our wedding anniversary, 39 years this past weekend. So I'm grateful for a loving and supportive wife who believes in me and supports me in my quest in these amazing projects we undertake. I'm grateful for our children, Josh and Lindsay, and Josh's wife, Danielle, and our precious granddaughter, Emma. We've had a lot of social distancing outings lately. Those are weird, not being able to hug, but it's still great to be together with family. And I'm grateful for you. I love the community we share. I was just talking about text and a call from Jordan, but text, WhatsApp messages, Marco Polos, calls and emails. Hey, life is about community and relationship. If you told me three years ago when I was planning this podcast that this podcast would become a vehicle and a vessel for really deep, rich relationships, community and conversation, That might would have been a stretch, but that's what's happened, and I'm a believer now, and I love every communication we share. So thank you. Now, let's get with it. I want to dig into this conversation, and let me start by stating what to some is a blinding flash of the obvious. The world has changed. This, what we're living in right now, is history in the making. This is a history-shaping moment. Let me say that differently. This is a history-shaping event. Oh, how we wish it were a moment, but it is an event, and it's lasting longer than many of us had imagined and certainly than we were prepared for. Life and work is different, and it will be different this point forward. There is no going back. We must go forward. Well, some people will try to go back. And I believe those that do go back to the way business was done BC before COVID-19, before coronavirus, they'll discover that is not sustainable. The times have changed and leading now is different. It's dramatically different than it was in the past. It's dramatically different than it was just 90 days ago. Some of you know, back in November, I started talking about and sensing that the 2020s were going to be a decade of difference. Now, let me be crystal clear. I had no idea how different things would be. I had not envisioned this, couldn't envision this. But this is the opening to a decade of difference. What follows this, the months, the weeks, months, and years that follow this are going to be dramatically different. And you and me, we need to lead differently. We need to respond differently. This is also a legacy-shaping event. Your legacy is being shaped by how you respond and how you lead through this crisis. And so is mine. Will we be dealers of hope or will people use other words and labels when discussing your legacy and impact? In conversations with prospective employers or employees between those, prospective employees may be asking the employer, how did you care for your people during COVID-19? How did you lead? How did you respond to the crisis? That is a legacy shaping event. I certainly hope. They will regard you and me as a dealer of hope, regarded for your love, for your concern for others, for your humanity. 
As I said, leading now is different, yet many leaders are not leading differently. Instead, they're doing what they've always done and magically hoping for a different result or magically hoping, you know, to put things back in the box. Hey, folks, Pandora's box is open. There is no going back. I want to explore three activities I see leaders engaging in now, and I wonder if you see these same three activities occurring around you. And as we start this conversation, I want to be quick to point out that not all of these are air quotes around leadership activities. I'm pretty sure somebody just squinted your eyes and scrunched your face and stroked your chin thinking, what do you mean, Kevin? Didn't you just say that leaders were engaging in these activities? So doesn't that make them leadership activities? I wish it did, but it doesn't. Just because a leader engages in an activity, it does not make it that activity they engage in, a leadership activity. Bear with me another minute, and the difference, I believe, will be crystal clear for you. Here's an example before we get into the real topic. If a leader stoops to gossiping, that doesn't elevate gossiping to the level of leadership. No, it means that leader stepped out of leading for that moment, and they stooped to gossiping. It doesn't mean gossiping became a leadership activity. It's not becoming of a leader, and it cost leaders credibility and clout with those you are called to lead or they are called to lead. So that leads to this first activity I'm watching people engage in. And these just aren't activities. These are also modes or modalities of making. Case in point, I see some leaders, even world leaders, engaging in excuse making. Yeah, I said it. You've seen it. We've seen it before. We're witnessing it now. And sadly, we'll probably see it again, right? Some people make excuses. And if I'm honest, maybe if you're honest, we could say we've engaged in excuse making at one time or another. I know I have. I'm not proud to admit it, but it's true. When a leader is making excuses, guess what they're not doing? You got it. They're not leading. It's tempting to make an excuse, assign the blame, pass the buck, or throw someone else under the bus, especially when you were caught off guard or taken by surprise. Excuse making may be what you resort to when you've been called out for something you did or maybe something you failed to do that others thought you should have done. Or it seemed that's what a responsible leader would do in your position. Now, you feel the heat of the spotlight, or you believe you've been backed into a corner. The urges rise to fight or flee. They kick in. Well, when they do, you might give in and make an excuse because your pride is wounded or your reputation is at stake, and you just start making excuses. We've seen it over and over again. Let me say it again. Excuse making is not becoming of a leader. It's not becoming a leader. It's not a leadership activity. Former U.S. President Harry S. Truman, he's credited with popularizing this phrase. I don't know if he invented the phrase, but he popularized it. The buck stops here. Had a plaque on his desk. The buck stops here. That's leadership, accepting 
responsibility, being accountable for your decisions, excuse-making isn't. Let me ask you this. Where is your focus when you engage in excuse-making? I believe it's usually in the past. It may be some in the present, but it's certainly not in the future and making a way forward. It's looking back. It's looking around. It's not moving forward. Looking at past events or even past predecessors who held the office you currently hold and blaming them, the events or people, for your current crisis is excuse-making. It's not leadership. I don't know about you, but I can't name a single leader I respect who actively engages in excuse-making. Not a single one. How about you? If you can, message me. Send me a message. I'd love to know who is a leader that makes excuses that you have respected for their excuse-making. And excuse-making certainly affects the legacy of a leader, but not in a positive way. I don't believe you want to be remembered as an excuse-maker. I know I don't. Well, enough said about this mode of operating. Or is it? Maybe there's one more thing we say before we move on. If you're engaging in excuse-making, stop. Stop it now. No more excuses. Stop passing the buck. Own it. Get on with it. There's a second mode that I see leaders operating in. This mode is highly valuable. It's one that every leader I know is engaging in at some point and to some degree right now. It's sense-making. Yeah, right now I see a whole lot of sense-making going on. Let me define sense-making in case you're wondering what I mean by using the word sense-making. Sense-making is the ability, or at least the attempt, to find or make meaning in situations that are uncertain, complex, or ambiguous so you know what decisions to make and what actions to take. Does that sound like an accurate description of the times we're living in? Uncertain, complex, ambiguous. I believe it is. I believe it's, it's probably one of the best ways to describe what's needed now is sense-making. Sense-making usually happens in the present, in the now, trying to make sense out of something that's happened in the past or that's happening now so you make wise decisions about what to do next, where to go from here, how to get to the future you desire, the future we all desire. What many find particularly challenging about our current crisis is how fluid our situations are, how rapidly things change, as well as how complex and interrelated it all is. All of that leads to the sense maker's challenge. Did the sense making you did this morning or earlier today still make sense this afternoon or now? Or has the situation changed so much that you need to update the sense-making? You see the dilemma? The one thing that, that I believe is certain about our current situation is that we're all going to be doing a lot of sense-making for the foreseeable future. Things are going to continue to be very fluid, change rapidly. So sense-making is Absolutely, no doubt about it, a leadership responsibility. It is immensely valuable, and it will, or it may definitely, enhance your legacy, how people regard you. However, sense-making by itself does not necessarily 
require or result in action. Let me say that again. Sense-making, as valuable of an activity as it is, and as, as much as we need to do it, it does not necessarily require or result in action. There are times sense-making may leave you stuck, especially if you've been like me at times in my life, that you believe you need all of the available information before you act so you act correctly, so you make a wise decision. That's why you can't stop with sense-making. There is no end to the information that comes. So there comes a point that you do the best you can do with the information you have, make a decision, and that leads me to turn our attention to the other mode of making I want to talk about. It's way-making, way-making. You know, I don't believe I've ever used the word way-making before COVID-19. Way-making, let me define it for you. I love this concept. I didn't make up the word. It's not a new word. Way-making is a very legitimate activity. I've just spent a lot of time thinking about it and thinking, wow, this is what we need now. Waymaking, it's defined as forging a way, means, or solution despite difficulty, impossibility, or uncertainty. Hey, I got to repeat that. Waymaking is defined as forging a way, means, or solution despite difficulty, impossibility, or uncertainty. Well, let's contrast that to sense-making a moment. Sense-making is making meaning, determining the context, making decisions about the course of action to follow. It's dealing with that same amount of difficulty, impossibility, or uncertainty. Way-making is taking action on the sense-making you've done. Way-making is an activity, maybe the activity that bridges the present to the future. It incorporates what you and I are learning through the sense-making process to inform your way-making journey and strategy. Way-making is moving forward. It's not going backwards. It's putting legs and taking action to your sense-making. You know, being regarded as a waymaker, it may or may not build your resume, but it will certainly enhance your eulogy. People will remember you for the bold leadership you display as you blaze a trail forward. Waymakers cast a long shadow and inspire many others to follow the trail they blaze, the trails you blaze. Let's do a deeper dive into waymaking and explore some of the qualities and characteristics of waymakers. Waymaking, it invokes the pioneer spirit. It's venturing out into the uncertain, the unknown, especially in times like now when it feels that everything has changed. It's imperative to realize that's simply not true. Much has changed, but not everything has changed. There are things that haven't changed. And I believe that's the best place to start. And that's the place waymakers start, by focusing on what's unchanged and unchanging for you personally and for your organization. 
Consider what are the foundations from your past that you can and want to build on for your future? What are the values you hold near and dear? What is true north? This is what I've realized about waymaking through the years. For three or four years now, I've done a lot of work around navigating north and navigating from the unknown to the known. And one of the things is finding the fixed points, true north, knowing what your true north is. That will help you immensely. Something else, waymaking is not a solo quest. It's not a solo sport. Do not try this alone. You will get lost because you're navigating uncharted territory. That's the reason expeditions are conducted as team endeavors. You know, one of my favorite African proverbs may actually be more relevant now than before coronavirus. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Please hear me. Waymaking is not a sprint. It's a marathon. I think a few weeks ago, some of us thought that this coronavirus crisis would be a sprint. We would just do this for a few weeks. We'd get through this. Folks, it's a marathon. It's lingering with us. We've got to do waymaking through it. Now is the time to activate the hearts, minds, and imaginations of your people, everyone on your team, all of your people. Let's go far together, not try to go fast alone. Go together. Bob Chapman realized something he said to me in a conversation that I just love. For years, we've paid people for their hands. They would have given us their hearts and minds if we'd only known how to ask. If you engage the hearts, minds, and imaginations of your people, they will be engaged. They will be. So where do you begin this waymaking process? As with any journey, the first critical step is to assess where you are now. That's why every map, you go to a shopping mall. Let's imagine you get to do that again. You go to a theme park. Let's imagine you get to do that again. You're trying to find your way to the imagination station. You find the map. What's the first point you're looking on for on the map? You are here looking for where you are now. And I believe that leaders who engage in deep, rich conversations with their teams, their team members, all in meaningful and substantive conversations, you will learn so much that will shape your way making. These are conversations that engage the hearts and the minds of everyone, and you do these in environments that are safe and make it safe for everyone to share. Here are some questions that I'm enjoying discussing with people. Hey, what are the good things? you've discovered during quarantine that you want to carry forward and continue? What are you learning about you? Now, these questions, I'm thinking specifically in the work context. What did you learn about us? What did you learn about us as an organization, as a team? What did we do that we thought couldn't be done? And how do we want to be better or different going forward? How do we want to bring the best of us to the present situation more often than not? 
you know, way making. It requires a willingness to explore, experiment, to learn, to adjust, to be agile. It's not that you have to figure everything out before you get going. You can't, you won't. Be open with your team, your people about the experiments you're conducting, the changes you're exploring. Engage your your people in conversations and those processes as well. Ask people, hey, if you were CEO for a day, what would you change to enable the growth of our company? If you had the power to change one thing in your team or department, what would it be? What would you change? What would you do different? These are conversations that will together help you discover the path forward. So waymaking, it's the leadership mode we most need now. It builds on sense making, but it is not dependent on you figuring it all out before you begin. To me, that's the number one difference between sense making and way making. Waymakers are those who will take up the torch, pick up the pieces, and forge a way forward, a better way, a more human and humane way, a way that engages the hearts and minds and imaginations of your people. Here's the other thing as I wrap this up. I just realized we are going to be engaged in sense making and way making for the foreseeable future. And that leads us to a great question to consider as we begin to conclude this conversation. What do you need now to get started? What do you need to get started now? Do you need a step-by-step plan with all of the directions? You remember the old MapQuest directions that you'd print out and it had every step of the way? Not going to happen. Not going to happen right now. What you need is to find the next step and follow it forward. Don't try to figure it all out. Follow it forward. And don't wait until you figure out the complete journey to take the first step. If these thoughts about sense-making and way-making are resonating with you, and you're wondering how to make sense of it in your organization, for your business, what action to take to start or continue your way-making, I want to invite you to engage with me, to join me for a one-on-one way-making coaching encounter. That might be a great next step for you. Join me in a deep dive conversation where we'll do some sense-making and way-making, and it's my investment in you and your future. It's a gift. There's no monetary investment for this conversation. It is a commitment of time. We'll spend 90 minutes in a deep conversation where we give each other our undivided attention. If this strikes you as your best next step, contact me and do it now. You can email me, Kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com and say, hey, let's book a call. Or you can text or call me and say, let's get started today. The stakes are high. The time is now. If you want support with your waymaking journey, I believe I can help you. Let's do it together. Doing it together, better together, is the path forward. Until we connect again, keep taking the next step on this road less traveled. And remember, you are a difference maker. And what you do matters. It makes a difference. Thanks for joining. What could 10 days of gratitude do for you? 
Find out what hundreds of people have experienced and make a change that can last a lifetime at thegratitudechallenge.community because it's better when we do things together.